Bestie. Hey guys, got two Bestie homeschooling mamas coming at you. This is Gail. This is Landon. So I know you know that this is not Christina who's sitting next to me, you guys. She's my gal Bestie and this is my husband Bestie. You guys have never ever met my husband before. So tonight I am honored to have my husband Landon here to chat about courage, resilience, and hope. Today's episode is deeply personal journey for both of us, and it's about Rare Disease Day, which happens to be tomorrow. And I thought it was appropriate because we actually have a little zebra in our house, which is what the Rare Disease ribbon is, is a zebra print for rare diseases. And so our little zebra is Corey. You guys have heard me talk about him before. Although we have Corey in our family, we are not strangers to medical issues. I've had a stroke when I was 21 and our daughter was only 10 months old from being on birth control for only 11 days and not knowing that I had a gene mutation myself called MTHFR. And believe it or not, more than 50% of women have MTHFR and it affects so much, but for sure fertility is the main issue it affects for women. I've had other blood clots like a DVT, which is a deep vein thrombosis in my leg when I was 35. And then two weeks after I had the DVT, I had pulmonary embolisms in my lungs. And so I am no stranger to medical problems. However, I don't allow them to run my life. And so that is kind of where we're at with our kids. Our daughter had terrible allergies and asthma growing up. And now, of course, like I said, our beautiful son has been diagnosed with a rare gene mutation. So first, let's talk about what rare disease means. How is rare disease described or or even considered to be a rare disease? Currently, any disease or syndrome with less than 200,000 identified cases in the world is considered a rare disease. And that makes sense. There's billions of people in the world. And so only 200,000 sounds like a big number, but it's really not when you look at the world as a scope, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a very small number. Yeah, and so imagine being a parent, which is plenty hard all in and of its own, but now imagine being a parent to a child with a rare disease. These challenges, the uncertainties, the emotional roller coaster can all be overwhelming. And today we're going to share our journey with our son and how it is raising a child with a rare disease. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. You know, our son Corey was was born with STAG1. It's a condition that affects only about 100 to 200 people worldwide that we are currently aware of right now. From the moment Corey was diagnosed, our lives became an entirely new journey. We had to navigate through uncharted waters facing medical complexities and emotional hurdles, especially since at the time he was diagnosed, there was one medical paper on this disease, and it only had 17 children in the study, so which is hard to to do any research on it, but we don't let that, we don't let it affect Corey very much. Right. We let him be who he is and let him focus on his abilities and have him grow from those abilities, which, you know, I think that he doesn't see him. He doesn't set him back as much. He's out there running around and being Corey. Yeah. We realized that dwelling on the why he has it wouldn't change our reality. So instead we focused on our how. We could provide the best possible care and love for our kiddo. And that particular rare disease was explained as a form of mental retardation gene disorder, 
and it mostly affects speech and developmental learning and causes significant developmental delays. It also has a really high implication and possibility of developing epilepsy. And a year after he was diagnosed with the STAG-1, he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder level two. So don't get me wrong. I'm not really a diagnosis gal. We have to get the diagnoses in order to get him services that we need for him. Like they won't just let us go see a speech therapist or let us go see an occupational therapist without a diagnosis. So the only reason we speak of diagnoses is to get him services, not because those labels define him. And we definitely don't want him being defined by any one of his diagnoses. We want them to be tools so that we know how to better care for him and get him help. We started our journey with the STAG-1 after going to genetics and we started seeing a neurologist at PCH and we went and had his neuro eval done. We had his two-hour study done for his EEG um, to check to see if he had epilepsy. And then we did a 24-hour study back in February of 20 and he did have abnormalities in his EEG at that time, but they were not considered seizures at the time. And so we were just monitoring and watching him. And we thought he was having silent seizures. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Like he would just pause at a current moment and just have this blank stare, which I would call glitching, but um, was kind of concerning when um, his uh, his speech therapist, I mentioned it in one of his therapies that he was, kind of had to clap his clap her hands in front of him to get back his attention so we got him evaluated recently back in march of 23 i believe Mm -hmm. we went back to the hospital and we they did another eeg and it was actually improved from the one we had in february of 20 which is nice because then we don't have to put him on any medication because those those medications also come with side effects like everything else and side effects are worse than actually having epilepsy but also, have an epilepsy also deteriorates your brain, I believe, is what they told us, right? Well, not the type of seizures that they would think Corey might have at some point in his life. They they said that absent seizures are, is what they're called. And basically, it's a staring spell, but it is a seizure. And typically, these types of seizures, because they pop out of them so quickly, aren't detrimental to the brain. Um, the parts, the, the seizures that are more distracting for the brain and start to deteriorate are the grand malls and they don't anticipate him having one of those but it's still something that we have to monitor for even though praise jesus in march of last year he had an improved eeg which was great and so they said those staring spells he was having was basically just behavior and he has a lot of those as well too yeah he has a lot of behaviors All right. So even though it's not easy, we've learned to find hope in his small victories and moments of joy, whether he's smiling, learning a new skill, growing old skills, strengthening his mind. It's like watching him literally defy the odds of this disease. We cherish every single moment of it that we get with him, showing him growing and and moving forward in his progression. We've also connected with other families facing similar journeys, finding solace in shared experiences and 
lending support to one another. We have an amazing Stag One community on Facebook that we are a part of. And one of the moms there started the very first Stag One Foundation. And you can check out and see all the amazing stories of these beautiful kids who are living with Stag One, who are part of our foundation um, and who are making the most of their lives with this rare disease. So that is Stag S-T-A-G-1, gene, G-E-N-E dot org. And I'll add that into our notes for you this week. Landon's got a little bit of advice. My advice would be to prioritize self-care and seek support whenever you need it. And it's okay to ask for help and take breaks when things feel overwhelming. I I think that's extremely important is to, you know, take care of yourself, kind of like the uh, oxygen coming out of the, the plane of cabin pressure is lost, can't help someone before helping yourself. Surround yourself with a supportive network and friends, family and healthcare professionals who can offer guidance and encouragement is also important. And most importantly is uh, cherish every moment with your kid and just never lose hope. Yeah. I mean, I know if you're listening and your kiddo has a rare disease, it might not be stag one because there are very few of them still Um, when we started our Facebook group, when we joined several years back, it was only 15 people in there Mm -hmm. and now there's 108. So it's really crazy how many kids are actually being detected with it. Because when, when Corey was diagnosed with it, it had only been discovered what five years before, I think she said something like that. Yeah. It was, it was pretty recent discovery when we found out his diagnosis. So it's a very, very new rare gene mutation that's been discovered. And, you know, they're doing some studies on some of the kids with STAG1. And they are working with the National Organization of Rare Diseases, the STAG1 Foundation is, to get funding to try and help do some medical trials and things like that for just information on on this disease. But... We know that if you have a kiddo who has a rare disease, that it can be so overwhelming. So just take the time for yourself in order to be able to help be helpful for your kid. And so our son is now in occupational therapy and speech therapy two hours each a week. And he's homeschooling with me. You guys know this. We've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's thriving. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool to see um, his his progress and initially getting that diagnosis we're like well is he gonna hit a ceiling somewhere and that luckily has not occurred but i don't think foresee it happening because kid is learning a lot he reminds me a lot of sheldon (laughs) from big bane theory but he does have those those tendencies to be very structured so the homeschooling i think is is helping him keep that structure and keep that rigid rigidness about him and the rules he has to follow the rules which is cool which is nice Mm -hmm. it does take him a little bit longer to get the hang of a certain thing that he's learning when we're doing something in our math book or in our reading book or whatever but he does get it and it takes him a little longer but he does does get it you know most of us are slow learners be very repetitive with him but again that's part of his rigidness ness um, he needs over and over and over and over again. And yeah. once he gets it, then he gets it. But he's so athletic and he loves sports and he's very coordinated. Yeah, he loves sports, coordinated, yeah. and he probably can work the iPad better than Gail and I can. 
he's very good with technology. He doesn't get a lot of technology time, but he's very good with technology. He started off just a little bit about him when he was little. He started off not speaking until he was closer to about 18 months, right? Yeah. Like full sentences yeah, and full things. Sentence, but-, um, but we were able to teach him sign language. Yeah, which was which was fun. At least we know what kind of fruits and berries and grapes to give him because those yeah. are his. Those are his uh, his favorites, and uh, I think his his love language is probably food. Would you agree? Um, yeah, he's well. He's a grazer. Yeah. So I mean, our kid does not live. He likes to a eat, snack, but he does eat to live because he's very petite. But he's eating all the time. So I literally don't know where it goes. Yeah, I, I tell Lennon that I want to put a Fitbit. like a Fitbit or something on yeah. him. Yeah. See how much he walks I mean, around calories every day. he burns. Yeah, for sure. This kid, he's it's insane. But we would teach him the sign language and and he'd be able to tell us what he needed for food and drink. And so it wasn't too horribly frustrating. I mean, there were a lot of frustrating yeah. moments. I mean, the first word he knew was yeah. So yeah. everything that yes for yeah. Even though it wasn't yeah. Yeah, even though it was now, it's just yeah. <laughs> he and, said yeah for a long time. Oh, and, and he, he did smiled ooh, all ooh, the time. Ah, ah, he do that ooh, oh, yeah. ooh, ah, ah as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which was. The thing about it too, I think you have to remember with kids with autism or rare diseases is if they're very uncomfortable, a lot of times they'll just smile. Yeah. And they, and we didn't know this about him for a long time, but that he was such a smiley kid all the time. But we realized after we spoke to our behavioral specialist with him that that was just his coping mechanism was to be happy all the time, like to have a happy face on because he didn't really understand how to express any other emotions. Yeah. And I think where we really discovered that was when we did play therapy Mm -hmm. and we we worked through him working through the emotions of, of being frustrated of not being able to play with that particular toy or have it on his own time. And um, the thing that really opened us our eyes and like, oh, well, now he doesn't, he didn't know how to show that emotion. The only emotion he showed was to smile for everything, mm-hmm. which is I know, probably nerve wracking for him, not being able to talk and not being able to show your emotions. Yeah, that took him several years to get to the point where he could share emotions. And now he does it just fine. Oh yeah, he cry. He's very. He says, "I'm angry and mad," and he shows it for sure. Yeah, he's very aware of what he's feeling. Although sometimes he doesn't know where it comes from. Um, he yeah. doesn't quite understand why he's mad or why he's frustrated. Yeah, but at least he has words now to express yeah, it. He has words to tell us, so that's good. And so now he's seven, and we can't get this kid to stop talking. Like literally can't get him to stop. There are days where I'm just like, I want to tell him to be quiet because I, it's so overwhelming in my head. And sometimes I have to tell him to turn off his sound effects Mm -hmm. because he he does sound effects all day long. Yeah. He has a lot of sound bites. (laughs) Yeah. He's very active. He does not sit down unless he's trying to be still to eat or if he's sleeping. And sometimes I can get him to sit still to write some letters and color when we're doing school but that's pretty much it yeah yeah yep. so i think he would be the the kid that was sent to the principal's office if he was in the public mm-hmm. school every day i think he'd follow the bad guys because they make everybody laugh and he mm-hmm. likes to make people laugh oh yeah. yeah for sure his favorite word right now is fart that's every boy's favorite word even. <laughs> So there is a little bit of um, when he was in developmental preschool and part of the reason why we started to homeschool was the developmental preschool gave him an IQ number that I basically refused to acknowledge as his destiny. Um, He's so much more than an IQ number and 
And even though they say that once they evaluate them and they give them this IQ that it never changes. And I just don't think that that's right. I, I don't think that the number they gave him is appropriate for who he is and where he's growing. So we're not going to allow that to define him and basically be how we school him um, at that level. And so we decided to homeschool after the developmental preschool did all these things and said that school was not going to be his jam anyways. I mean, they were trying to make it his jam, but it was just too many interruptions, too much transition, not enough support. And so we decided to homeschool. And I think that they wouldn't teach him past that IQ number. No, they they would give him the the resources that he would be able to to reach past that that IQ number. You're correct. And now with private therapies, he's getting two hours a week, which we get 15 minutes. Even if that 15 minutes a day, it'd be more like maybe five minutes because it takes him about seven to 10 minutes to transition. When he sees his therapy on the calendar, he's like, I'm going to therapy. So he's already in that transition mode, gets there and gets the full two hours of therapy that is just. Yeah. He may, he basically does his transition in the car on the drive to therapy, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for that and that he he understands the calendar that we put up in our, our kitchen. He's very, well, like we've talked about, he's very rigid. And so he likes to know what's happening that day. And so he'll go to the calendar and he'll be like, what's this color mean? You guys know, I've talked about it. Our calendar is color coded in the kitchen so that everybody, Corey's green and Landon's blue. I'm pink, Mackenzie's purple. And so that way he knows if something applies to him or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, orange is homeschool and like a teal color is church. And so he's like, oh, we have something for homeschool today, even though he doesn't know what it says because he knows the color coding. Yeah. And that's my favorite part about his brain is mm-hmm. that he's he just catches on so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catches on so quickly. And I just don't think that if he were in school that they would really teach him past that IQ number and that would be so unfair. And so he's definitely doing so much more than we ever anticipated when he was diagnosed with this rare disease. Yeah, he's he's far exceeded our, I don't want to say expectations, but expectations from when we initially got the diagnosis, like, is he going to ever talk? Is he going to get a ceiling at five or six or whatever? But seeing him now making leaps and bounds is, is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I can't wait to see what he does in the next couple of years just mm-hmm. with learning to read and all of the... Yeah, math. He, he loves math. Yeah, he likes to read and he likes to spell already. Like we, we're in the car and he's already sounding out words phonetically and wanting to spell it. Yeah. And I thought it was gonna be maybe second or third or fourth grade before we ever started to even attempted to read. Yeah. But he's surpassing what I even thought he would do this year already. Yeah, he sounds out words like oh, we're going to AutoZone and there's a police station that is on the way to AutoZone and he's like, dad, this is how you spell police. And he sounded out and I'm like, where did you get that from? And I was like, oh yeah, this is a station right over there. So he's already reading words like on signs, which is pretty cool. The thing about his brain though too, is that he memorizes things after mm-hmm. he's seen them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, he knows what the word police looks like now so he can read it. Kind of like with his own name when we started teaching him how to write it, he he knew that that was his name and his last name. And, you know, he's really like Jesus. He's very familiar with that one or mm-hmm. your name or my name. Mm-hmm. So he, it's like because he's seen it over and over and over again, he memorized it. And I know people are like, well, don't let your kid memorize for reading. But for him, that's what works best. Mm-hmm. You know, he can sound out. He knows how. That's how we're doing it. It's how we're learning. But for him, if he's seen it more than 10 times or so, he probably knows the word just from memorization. Yeah, from, it's almost learning. And it's, it's, he has like a... Eidetic. Yeah, an eidetic memory, I think. I don't know how to measure that, but yeah, he does remember... Sp- stuff very well and details about it you'll tell me from when he was really little too yeah yeah he'll recall things from a while ago yeah so crazy like the airport like we didn't take mm-hmm. a we didn't take a drive to downtown phoenix in a while and he's like hey this is where we went to the to uh, go see auntie page at the airport mm-hmm. yeah. he's got such a memory and we've only flown in a plane twice mm-hmm. and so he was very excited about all of those things all of that to say uh, that how much we love our little guy so as we close tonight i want to encourage you that if you have a small one with any sort of delays or rare disease you're not alone ever you've got this there's always community that you can be a part of if you're ever questioning what's going on with your kiddo and i would encourage you to be a part of that community i know that there is self-doubt that you can carry your child through this, but you can. And it's probably going to be the most amazing journey that you've ever been on. And one probably you didn't even realize you needed. We are so grateful to be Corey's parents and get to watch him grow and change and know that we are giving him everything we can to help him succeed. The Lord literally handpicked us for this child. And I know he has a beautiful plan for his life. Whether he lives on his own and has a family, or whether he lives with us forever, Corey will will bring glory to God with his life. I just know it, and I know you feel the same about your child too. If you have any questions, if you need any resources, please feel free to reach out to me on our Two Bestie Homeschool and Mama podcast Facebook page or Instagram. Be happy to chat with you about this. I'm so grateful that my husband came and chatted with me today about our kiddo and what we've experienced with rare diseases. And please post a zebra tomorrow on your social media for all the kiddos and adults and people in the world with a rare disease because stag one is not the only one, you guys. There's lots of them. And so make sure to um, look into that, guys. I will post the stag one foundation and the NORD is what it's called, National Organization of Rare Diseases. I'll post their website as well so that you have access to resources about rare diseases and foundations for them. So we're so grateful that you're here with us. And thank you, babe, for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. If you guys found value in today's episode, if you know someone who needs to hear this, please feel free to share it with them. This is very important. You know, Corey's our ministry right now. Our kids, really, Corey and our daughter, Mackenzie, they're our ministry as our children and we're their parents. And so they're our current ministry that we're working on to to make sure that we leave a good legacy. And so if you know somebody who needs to hear these things or is struggling with a kiddo, please feel free to share. If you liked today's episode, share it. 
review it, five star it, subscribe, do all the things for us, guys. We want to make sure this gets to whoever it needs to go to. For sure. That's the best way to support them as well. Yeah, it's the best way to support Christina and I so that we can start growing the podcast to all of the people that need to hear it. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Do you want to pray for us? Dear Father God, I thank you for this night that we get to do this podcast and talk about Corey and all his abilities and not focus on his disabilities. Lord, pray for the families who are who have rare diseases and that are, are going through them. We ask you to give them strength and uh, give them clarity and give them a community that they can support on. We just ask you to continue to bless us and uh, be with us. We love you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, bestie!